0: California ranks 49th out of 50 states when it comes to affordable housing.
1: Governor Gavin Newsom
0: demanding an investigation as to why Californians pay more at the pump.
2: Certainly, when someone has a company, their job is to make the proper investment, take care of their shareholders, their employees, and the community in which they're at. And our job in government has laws to set the bar at at a reasonable level. It's legal to hunt humans with 15-round, 30-round, even 150-round magazines.
1: Today, Governor Gamma Newsom signed an executive order directing agencies to find state land that could be
3: dedicated as temporary shelter location.
2: We're providing health care for everyone, regardless of immigration status. If you believe in universal health care, you believe in universal health care. This is a ghost gun. This right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. 30 magazine clip in half a second.
3: Welcome to the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just a couple of common sense California natives sharing commentary on our state's current events. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. Coronavirus part three. Exactly. All
0: <laughs> right. There's
3: just nothing to talk about other than.
0: Oh, I don't know.
3: There's. Well, I mean, there's the buried stuff, right? Uh-huh. Like, there's still a lot going on that people don't know about. This has eclipsed it, right?
0: Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, there's there's a whole bunch of things that just kind of been buried in the, uh, the news cycle that we're not That's talking right. about. And then plus, we got rioting going on. All over the place, man. You,
1: what you, a fiasco that is. You know what's funny? And I mean, I would consider myself, like you guys, pretty interested in politics and what's going on. But I found myself the other day, it almost was like it was dawning on me, oh, wow, yeah, we've got a presidential election coming up in five, six months, yeah. you know? And you're thinking, Th- by now in a normal world that's all we'd see that's all we'd hear about and we're getting little bits of stuff but it's it's kind of weird there's no debates and there's not even a declared running mate yet now that's an interesting point because i I read something we're we're coming into june right and i read something the other day that it's gonna it's gonna support i want to hear your conspiracy mr bobby's theory that's been on the table oh you think so this person was saying, "Look, because they've already the, done enough. The longer, the longer that there's no, he, he's in, he's being encouraged to not pick one, so that there is not that element of solidity going into the convention. Because if you got if you've picked somebody, it's more, it's more real, etc. And they they think he might behind the curtain. He's buying into like, okay, yeah, maybe we'll wait till the convention with everything going on.
3: How can they?" Well, justify the convention, but not justify debates due to COVID.
0: Technically, in the in the convention, they can. I don't know if you ever watched House of Cards, but technically in the convention, yeah, the people can you know voice their opinion and select a, a VP candidate, you know, no Mrs. No, I, Underwood kind of deal.
3: I, I'm talking about physically, right? Because Biden says we can't have any debates because
1: we would be putting lives at risk.
0: Like and that, he means
1: he means in September October.
0: Right. No, you can yeah. do it over online. Come on. No, I, I, I yeah. completely. You can do a total zoom. He debate. knows yeah. the.
3: He knows it would be an absolute blood. I don't know bath. how having no audience and two people on the stage. It'd be a bloodbath, blood. and
0: he knows that.
3: But what, how can you hold the convention though, if we're going to stick to that health pretense? Mm.
0: Well, this is what Trump has been talking about with relocating the convention, uh, because they want to have it in person, and I get it. Important, A little harder to pull off thanks to the way it's set up because you have to kind of be in person. They take voice votes and all that kind of stuff, but it can be done. It's just, I I don't know. I don't know what the reason behind it is. Well,
3: it's not going to be in California because we're not going to be allowed for any uh, Mm -mm. public sporting events or concerts until the vaccine
1: comes out. A convention sounds like uh, phase
3: four material. To yeah. me. Newsom won't have it. All right,
0: we're not at phase four yet. Well, I'm just, I'm <laughs> just saying. I, I, I got a different theory about you know Joe so, well, Biden. Please, What's no, the theory? Yeah, please. Well, the Update. new theory is yeah. uh, don't be surprised if Joe Biden suddenly comes down with COVID nineteen. And uh, oh, that's gonna be the out. You mean yeah, the out. Mm-hmm. I just can't carry on. Uh, got a little too sick from it. Sorry.
1: There for that's that's interesting, but because there there for a minute too, people were using. Um, his comments with Charlemagne, the God, or you know, right? The, they were saying, "Well, okay, now, now the Democratic Party has the cover they need to ask him to exit stage left."
3: But then, who who takes his place? I mean, they, they forced everyone out for him. Yeah, is that just a ruse to get Hillary? That hmm. that's what you're thinking. Yeah.
0: Well, this has you're always still been holding fast. it's to this. still has. Has it gone away yet? <laughs> we got to give you that. Has it, it gone it has, away yet? It has not. Okay, and that—that's why it's still plausible. Okay, because it, like it hasn't gone away. i, just, I don't know how long they've been running for president now—like two years—and it hasn't gone away. I just—I don't know at this the point. The splinter in your mind, and it won't <laughs> it's go true. away. I'm not—I'm not, not going to lie. It's true. It's well, you can't scratch.
3: And I think, uh, Amy is oh. pretty much out after. Oh, the cop, right? Yeah. Because she was, she didn't bring charges against this dude previously, right? So that, this couldn't have happened at a worse time for her. These people must just look at themselves and be like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, of all the times for something like this to happen, this comes out right, right? when right.
0: You, when you when you when any candidate selects their VP selection, their VP running mate, yeah. You gotta, you gotta put it in the context of does this person help me? Right. Okay. Do they, do they get that, see, that? swing state? See, that's where
1: Klobuchar always made a ton of sense, but Kamala makes no sense. Yeah. Joe Biden again. He could literally murder someone on live television, and California would still vote for Joe Biden. It's amazing the just the difference we've gotten, and you know, through the
3: whole Kavanaugh thing. Yeah. Everything became: you must trust the woman, you must trust the reporter, right? Oh, the me, all the me too, yeah, evolution like, well, over you the must life. Be, you must be believed until otherwise. But in this case with Biden, it's just poking holes at the
0: the past of the person reporting it. Well, Ilan Omar came out with a power move and said. I believe her, but I'm still going to vote for Biden, <laughs> which kind of goes into your context, John, of he could commit murder. Exactly. She's also <laughs> inciting violence, right? In so of course. Her, her of daughter, course. so
1: yeah, because um, that's the new. It seems like that's the new scuttlebutt. Kamala, right, is is at the forefront.
0: Oh, that laugh, that evil Joker laugh of hers. <laughs> which I'm
1: surprised. <laughs> how was she going to agree to run with someone who wanted to bust her? You know to. To uh, bad schools.
0: Hey, if Ilhan Omar can overlook the raping thing, oh, then point. maybe Kamal can overlook the busing thing. Good point. Even with all these riots going on. Good point. Who is Biden's...
1: Who would be the preferred running mate? If not... Well, you, you mean just it's blank slate. Overall. Pick it. I would, I really could have gotten on board with Klobuchar for the swing state. He's got to... Biden's going to have... I mean, that's going to be where... That's where it all went downhill in 2016, right? Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, right. all in there. There, and Pence
3: there, there pull was the a strong um, conservative Trump.
0: Well, it, there's a um, there's a a representative, I believe, in like Georgia area that they kind of pulled her name out of the Oh, hat. Abrams. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Not, not, st- not st. she's a, is she Georgia though? But she's not. A re- no, she's an active uh, representative. Yeah, I okay. have to go to, back to list here there okay. was a there's an actual list out oh there I'm of sure like, oh you know oh I'm sure these people could be of oh, that were women who were um, oh you know because uh, he's already said that right yeah and she was a, a woman. man will not be considered yeah and basically. She, she's a woman of color and yeah I think you're right Stacey and she's Abrams. kind of more of an unknown but you she's mean. young and and from the south and from you know African American yeah. and checks all the boxes here so don't be surprised if he goes with something like someone like that
1: I also, for the same reasons, I would have said I could have squared maybe a month or two ago, Whitmer from mm-hmm. Michigan. I'm, I'm not sure now I'm seeing that happening. There's also, I,
3: I don't know if it's a running mate, but you know who's kind of gotten more steam as he was out is Yang. He really has. I feel like there's a lot of people talking about, I think for nothing more than, okay, universal basic income is dumb. But he's I guess he's got very detailed position pieces for everything under the sun.
1: And I didn't respect that until uh I was listening, I think you're the one who suggested on Joe Rogan's podcast, Tim Pool. Right. And they got to talking about the uh, Yang and the candidates and stuff. And yeah, that's right. I think relative but I mean he's an outsider too. Right. right. He, he you might he, not he, like
3: what he's saying. That's but right. He's actually got a million position pieces thought out, written, and researched
1: on why he Correct. thinks the way he does. Well, you can at least have conversations and debates around that then. Right. You can't have a debate against just platitudes and, you know, <laughs> right. and you're unicorns. You're racist. You're, you know, okay. Right. I don't just to talk about it regarding that. That was an interesting podcast. Um, yeah, well, it
3: really was. The last hour is about aliens and spaceships. It was different. A little thought But the
1: first couple hours were really good. Right. I would agree.
3: And understanding the jockeying that's going on with China. Mm -hmm. in the midst of all this, right? And I think that's what people are starting to think about is at what point is this an act of war, right? When you consistently hide all the data early on so you can hoard resources or try to not appear as bad as you are.
0: The the global response to actually holding China responsible for our economic slowdown because of COVID-19 and renaming it, of course, but that's another issue. Uh, You can see that they're unwilling to mess with China because everybody has their fingers in this pot, and they don't want a good ride to go bad. They're, They're riding the tiger, and they're afraid to get off the tiger's back here because they're afraid the tiger might maul them. And it's just a shame that Hong Kong is the one that suffers the most out of this. Right. You know, somebody has to have backbone. And one of the bigger issues also is that people don't want to follow Donald Trump. They they don't want right. to because they've labeled him already. That's right. And, and that's the bottom line. And that's it. Even though it's the right course of action to stand up for democracy, for peace. That's right. To stand up for, you know holding that country by the same standards you hold all other countries but because Donald Trump is against them well that means I kind of probably have to be for him got it what a terrible position oh, oh man what a terrible position
1: but that is the position mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the media democrats find themselves in
3: oh totally i, I you you read the news Aside from the Wall Street Journal, it's like everybody else is so incredibly um, incredibly opinionated about how doom and gloom all this is and how right. you, you start <laughs> – the amount of people that blame it on Trump is crazy. Like now you're just searching for reasons to continue <laughs> hating. Correct. Nobody gives – it's funny. Gavin Newsom will take credit for – everything he did that helped save Californians, but what really helped was shutting down Asian travel. Right. And we did that ASAP. And then he's labeled a racist for doing that. Right. So I don't know how you make the response better. There's, there's something that comes with just managing an emergency. Right. And there is this balancing act between everything, right? You don't want to displace more people than you need, but you don't want more people to die. And you also have to worry about the economy. So many people think so granularly, so micro about, oh my God, all these people are dying. And they f- they fail to just acknowledge that, well, 100,000 people out of 330 million or whatever isn't that significant. And we've stopped reporting on any overlaps, right? So if you look on the Venn diagram of why people die,
1: oh, most right. of these
3: were susceptible people. That you mean co-
1: the comorbidity
3: phrase? Yeah, that they're we comorbidities, right? And on top of that, How many people of the 100,000 would have died anyways this year of some kind of infection? Right. It's not like these are 100,000 people that would have been alive if not for COVID. Like, And we have a denominator problem that continues to be the problem. You keep hearing 40,000 new cases. Yeah, because we just tested 40,000 more people. Correct. We're going to find millions were infected, and we lost, we'll we'll say 200,000 people. Right.
0: I hope one day soon that I'll be able to actually get a test. Just to see if it you just had just, it. Because I'm pretty sure that I did. Sure. I'm pretty sure I'm that, that I did. Like Way back in December, my parents came down with but, really bad illness. They were wiped out for a day.
1: That wouldn't be shocking it though, wouldn't to be find shocking. out that you did. Yeah.
0: It wouldn't be surprising. And I think if we get testing all over the place and it's random, we'll find that everybody might have had COVID-19 and they just walked away from it and that the mortality rate was way lower than we had anticipated one of the big key studies is that um scientists have been checking the sewer system oh this is an interesting and one. checking stool samples and and doing this uh, going wow. how much of how, <laughs> no yeah that's what they've been doing Gnarly. they've been checking it out and seeing you know how many parts per million per the residency figuring out okay well how many people have this currently without having to be well more invasive
1: than that and where it gets really interesting is in the, in the world of, excuse me, in the world of economics, right? And when you look at markets and just general economies, you got, you've got, you got things that people care a lot about, like leading, they're called leading economic indicators, mm-hmm. right? But production, housing, things that kind of are early warning signs in, in, in general in theory, early warning signs of, are we maybe starting to head towards a recession? Is there a problem in the economy? They're actually finding that the, these—the uh, article I read—that these stool uh, samples yeah. are a phenomenal, or at least were a phenomenal, leading indicator of new cases and case growth. They would show up in in, in the sewage supply uh-huh. first, yeah, and then people because it was about a week or two lag of because that's in your body, but you're not feeling the effects yet. And they were tracing it and comparing it and looking at the correlations, and they're they finding the same thing. It's a very strong indicator. Yeah, I a mean, future COVID cases.
0: And well, the whole point of the whole social distancing was to make sure that we don't over overwhelm the hospital system. And boy, was it really close in some areas, especially it, New York. Was
1: it? Uh, well, now now we're getting into a different. Yeah. You know, back to the the point we were talking about earlier about. All blame, even all blame going to President Trump, um, even if it's not, even if it's the, the hard data and science is difficult. Then we have a case like New York where he, I, I think it's all I'm recording. It's, it's, it's during conferences. He ordered cases to go into nursing homes. Yeah. That accelerated the deaths. And that's why there's, per, in a per capita basis, New York is a joke relative to every other area. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't get talked about. That doesn't get blame.
0: Uh, he doesn't take the blame for that. And it's back to the point of. And the- it goes back to the media. Exactly. How how much are they willing to scapegoat? Exactly. Point the finger. Be fake media that they are. Correct. Right.
3: I saw an interesting stat. It's from the Wall Street Journal uh, back in April, and uh, just talking about economic indicators. And, uh, real estate and they did a piece on Airbnb. Oh yeah. Right. And how extended people are getting, uh, because a lot of people own property on Airbnb and only can support it through renters and they, they, they have property in places where they can keep it rented year round and they, they wouldn't be able to make the mortgage otherwise. But I thought this was a really interesting stat here. Um, A third of Airbnb's U.S. listings for entire homes or or apartments, excluding shared rooms, are by hosts with a single property. Another third are run by hosts with between 2 and 24 properties. The remaining third involve hosts with more than 25 properties. That
1: stat blew me away. Isn't
3: that gnarly? It blew me away. A third of the people on Airbnb own
1: over 25 properties. But to your point, I can't say that. This isn't the. This is the case for all of them. There's probably a couple outliers. Some outliers has to be, but to your point, in probably most of those cases, it only works because they have loans on loans on loans yes. for the property, and the only way they're covering the mortgage on tw- maybe they own one of those outright, and right. that was used to help get loans on others, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the only way that works. Is if there's enough renting happening to cover the mortgage payments, right? So, it's believable. I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of risk in doing something. You're leveraged, no joke. That's that's the word. But it's it's workable as long as the rental market. Exactly. Yeah. But we but the perfect storm just happened for that
0: market right there.
1: Well, and you talk about
3: uh, they've been talking about the second housing bubble, perhaps because of VRBO and Airbnb. All these properties that were purchased, relying on renters, where people couldn't afford them without renters, and then they end up going belly up on them, right? Mm. But that is crazy how an app can literally prop up That's the real right. estate market. That's right.
1: It's, you know? it's it, yeah, a third. I would never have believed a third owned owns more than, or maybe owned more than 25 Oh, yeah. I would think properties. that would be the outlier, is people that own that many properties. I would have believed maybe 10%, 5%. <laughs> right. that, I probably 33%. still would have raised an eyebrow. But it's crazy.
0: I don't know. I yeah. mean, we're just kind of taking a look at it from a different perspective. I mean, before the app existed, you would have probably rented a cabin in the woods through some kind of other right. medium. And oh no, that's I, just kind of what you did. But now right. the app really helps, you know, Make it a whole lot easier to get your vacation rental.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and these people, I mean, they—they're they're trying to be enterprising around it. I get it; it makes sense. But this is an embedded risk in their strategy. That I would agree—it's a risk that didn't have high odds of happening, but it happened.
3: Just in March, Airbnb saw 1.5 billion in bookings vanish.
2: This wow. is a big
3: business, right? And I think it just flies under the radar. You hear a lot about Uber. You, you, and Lyft you do. And ride sharing. But Airbnb is essentially the same thing, right? It's software that
1: links up a consumer with someone selling something. And to that point, do you think Lorena Gonzalez would call the uh, super hosts at Airbnb <laughs> yeah. having real jobs? <laughs> yeah, right.
0: I'm just curious. They don't oh, have real man. jobs.
3: This one lady's making $22,000 a month just in bookings. I mean, um, and it's still considered the gig economy, you know? And right, we only just kind of think of ride sharing, but there's a
1: lot of these services where the middleman is linking up the consumer with the seller. Speaking of Uber, has anyone, I, I can't tell you that I have, but have you guys come across any sort of articles or stats or data on what's been happening to Uber drivers over the last three months? Well, I know. Well, they have to wear a mask the drivers in California. themselves?
0: No, I haven't seen anything. I,
1: I guess more of like volume, you know? Um, I know ability the ability to continue making money. I, I
0: do remember that the company itself is safe for for because of Uber, the future. Because of Uber Eats, no, because uh, they had obtained a loan and they're plenty cash heavy. Ah, okay. to sustain themselves, okay. even if they went absolutely no rides throughout the rest of the year, or something like that. Got it. I, I was actually, I
3: read the transcription to their earnings call. Got it. A couple months ago, nice. it was like right when COVID hit and people weren't sure how things were going to react. Yeah, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but they basically don't have any debt due for like three years. Yes. Yeah, yeah. like and yeah. they've got, it's like $500 million or something over where they even need to be on cash flow. Okay. Like they're super
1: solid on their cash flow mm-hmm. and their debt. So so as a company, they're okay. I wonder I wonder if ridership, it's, ridership it, has, it has to have, have been, been hammered. Oh, yeah. But right. I
3: think people are transitioning to Uber Eats.
1: Yeah, the drivers who might have been taking someone from the airport to their house now, now take are taking a hamburger takeout. <laughs> yeah, got
3: it. Yeah. I mean I the other day I, I used uh Grubhub. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've started using these apps. Yeah. I was down in LA and yeah. It was okay. It took a long time. It took like two hours. Did
1: they at least show you the time on the app though, right? Like yeah, it'll be it'll be about this long. It's so like, this dude
3: <laughs> this dude was going opposite direction. Oh wow. Well. And I couldn't figure out what he was doing. He was going the opposite direction of, the, of where I was in the restaurant, and I had a small time frame. So I had flown into Burbank, and I was getting ready to fly home. And I had a mechanical issue with the plane. It was like a two hour fix, two and a half hour fix. So I'm like, well, I'm at the FBO. I might as well just order a pizza from CPK. First world problems, right?
0: It's exactly what was going <laughs> through my mind right there. What a complaint! You I, big Karen, you. <laughs> and, and the no,
3: the Grubhub dude. I see him like he's super far from CBK, and then he gets there, and he's driving a complete opposite direction. And I'm like,
1: he's getting a couple things.
3: He's got a couple things for people, and he's going around dropping stuff off. And then it took the dude like two and a half hours, you know. And
0: was your I, was your burger cold when you got it? It was my pizza. Oh, your pizza, and it was cold.
3: I mean, <laughs> it was legitimately cold, but it's still good. It cold pizza was, still, it was still delicious. Good. It's yes, okay. but that's that's a whole nother. And I mm-hmm. get that dude. He's trying to maximize his amount of sure. And of course, Grubhub doesn't tell you that part, you know? Sure. Um, so he's like, don't be mad at me. It's how the app works, you know? I'm not going to be mad at the dude. It's not his fault, you know? But there is a whole other side to uh, LA City is coming down with a bunch of laws for their. This course, came out last week. Of course
1: they are. I don't even know what you're going to say, but of course they the are. The LA
3: City Council voted when it came to Grubhub and uh, what's the other one? Uber Eats, Grubhub, yeah. and their DoorDash. DoorDash. And, uh, they're not allowing restaurants to mark up, or they're not letting those yeah. mm-hmm. businesses, the uh, delivery businesses, to mark up the delivery of the food from the restaurant.
1: So how does this business make money? Exactly.
3: Right. Okay. So <laughs> that they, they add that, on the $6 yeah. fee or whatever. Right. They're not allowed to. That wasn't addressed?
0: No. Well, I got to imagine that they would make it up in the um, just the delivery fee by itself. Because the way these apps work is that you have a delivery fee plus a commission fee for actually hosting the website and well what people don't and understand
3: and because you read online and you read the forms of the actual drivers and they go, It's just like with Uber. Uber doesn't suddenly take a loss, they pass it on to the driver and they take the amount away from the driver's
1: pay. And fill in the blank what you just said change that to taxes, and that's how the economy works. But anyway, exactly. Bobby, you got a story?
0: I do have a story. Swoosh me. You're swooshed. Very nice. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom announced that some retail stores across the state can reopen with modifications as early as Friday amid growing pressure to ease the stay at home order that has created the California economy, or cratered the California economy. Uh, the new changes as are part of a four-stage plan the governor laid out last week to gradually transition back to normal in a state of nearly 40 million people whose lives have been upended by COVID-19 pandemic. We are entering into a new phase this week, Newsom said at his Monday news conference, to provide an update on the state's response. This is a very positive sign, and it's happening only for one reason. The data says it can happen. I have a big question mark data in my notes here. I'm so tired of hearing data thrown. What is
3: the data he's using?
0: Uh, No one's ever stated where the data is coming from.
1: Twenty percent bull and eighty percent nonsense. Right, because the mixture
0: the the data
1: really hasn't changed in the state since early on. Data, data, science, science. Does does that make? (laughs) I I said those words a couple times. Does that make me? Yeah.
3: Right. It's, no, go with
1: it. No, I, it, so, someone someone posted, your mouth. someone posted the other day and it's so true. This said something to the effect of flippantly of, wow, interesting. So only X percent of men and, and Y percent of women got, got COVID. Wow. All those other genders must've been totally safe. <laughs> right? You know, it's <laughs> like we ditch all of that stuff when it's starting to hit the fan and we got to do reporting and actual, actual testing and numbers and data. You don't hear anyone saying, Well, what category are you gonna put this test at? It's men and women. Right. And all the data is bad. <laughs> right. Can we just establish that? Right. It's
3: Correct. all terrible data. Correct. And I get it. There's there's no reliable test. There's no but let's be honest. That's the real world it. though. Right. Yeah. 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 This is a real world thing. This isn't like I'm gonna try some I'm gonna try to conduct research for something that has no urgency. And if it's not reproducible, oh, well, that was just a bad project. I'll find something else, right? This isn't like your college dissertation where you could take your time with it and pick something fluffy to do, you know, a sample of. This is like actual decisions and livelihoods and lives are dependent on it. And we're acting like this is really good data. And it's not. It's really bad data. We don't even know the scope of infections, what if we determine... How many people in the state? 40 million?
0: 37 million. We're, we'll say 40? Yeah, almost 40. What if we
3: determine 30 million are infected? Okay. Right. To me, that would change things. That's like, okay, we're pretty much done.
0: Correct. Yeah. I, I mean... Current the, immunity, air, all this stuff. everyone's have it. Right. Who hasn't had it? Right. Find out right. if you haven't. And, we
3: don't know, right? What we, we assume... <laughs> we want to assume two things. So that like We want to assume not as many people are infected, I guess. Right? It's like the more... The more people That's that are right. infected, That's right. right? Ignorance yeah. is bliss. Right. I, I don't know where we're... It's just hard to explain. I don't know where we're at in any of this, too. Yep. yep. Um, and I'm just literally thinking out loud here. The infection rate is probably through the roof. I, would, I would agree with that. by the amount of people we can test at any one time. Agreed. But on top of that, the test is only good for that singular point in time. You can get the test right now and 10 minutes later have COVID. And the test throws up a ton of false positives. Yeah. So I don't know what more testing achieves. Like what is the point?
0: You know what? It, it's um state of mind. Knowing knowing is half the battle. You know, it do am I going to get this and die is very important to but everybody. But we don't
3: know. Even if you're infected, we don't know. Yeah. This isn't like the. the like, plague. like I stated It's in not the beginning. like, like it's, a, it's
1: a definitive if you have it, you die. Like Ebola. Right. Right. You can have like it and not even know it. percent death rates, you know, right. or whatever it is. Yeah.
3: Part of well, the problem with this is is most people have it, don't know it,
0: Right. get over it. Well, what I really what I want to know, and I said it in the beginning, I want to know if I had it. Can I go visit my grandfather now and but say we like, don't, I had
3: it? But we don't know if you can re get it either. No, we don't. So right. it doesn't. Why does it even matter at that point? Yeah right and so i i don't we keep we want to say data 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 because it makes us sound smart and like we're doing something
1: exactly
3: but the data's bad the science will guide us the data doesn't does help happen? us that much anyways okay so what if tomorrow we find out you know 30 million people have it and we lost how many in this state what's what's the death rate in california now uh, in in the single
1: in 2000s? the single digit thousands yeah, yeah. Okay, so... 5,000, whatever. I mean, I'm so making So then is but,
3: that good enough to just reopen the, everything, right? I mean, I don't know what the...
1: Right, right, because what, at what point... It, yeah. Where does is that the, make sense? I know no, it's, no, no, I, no. it's super confusing the way I'm explaining it, but... At some point here, it's going to reach, like, a, you'd think, a point of, well, it can't... Okay, we, we can't get worse, so... And again, I get the whole, like, in-between states and stuff If we're if we're at a certain number and level, but... Yeah, if we knew that it was thirty million, yeah. So, so why not ball games? Because who's got it, it's got it. I, there's just no goalposts. Exactly. Right? That's, a, that's 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 kind of the summary way to say everything you
3: yeah, we're mean, talking about here. There's
1: no um... with with actual science and data, right. physics, that hard sciences. There are. Markers. There's goalposts. If you want to have a press
3: conference and say, "Look, we're using data and science to figure this thing out. This is the goal. Um, we either need to test enough to find out if thirty million have been infected. Yep. Or over the next three months, if te- twenty million have been infected. Yep. Or um, we want to test everybody in the state, right? If you had some definitive numbers that okay, when when these numbers hit, versus uh, we just need a trend down fourteen days in a row." but you're testing a different amount of people every single day.
1: You're, you're changing. Right. That's I can make it point.
3: trend down if I test less people. <laughs> right. 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 And when you're getting more tests by the palate and you can suddenly test 80,000 next week, but you can only do 10,000 this week. correct? Yeah, you're going to have a higher infection rate next week versus last week. Correct.
0: Here's the statistics that you asked for. Oh, thank you, sir. Here it comes straight from California. There were 106,878 cases reported for COVID in California alone. There you go. Okay. Of that, 4,156 deaths at the end of May. 4%. Right. Um, Now. Yeah, of cases. Of of of, known tests.
1: uh, And when I say cases, right, isn't that probably where those people,
0: they weren't asymptomatic. Here's, Actually, here's I, don't I don't the know. Here's don't know that. that that's, now we're getting the we whole. Yeah, here now it comes. Right. Um, the total test conducted. Here we go. One million eight hundred eighty-eight thousand. Okay, that's year in to California. date in California.
3: Year to date, though. Not yeah, year to date.
0: Yeah. As as at the end of May. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna hit one point nine, I'm sure, when they finally. Talk.
3: So how many million tests?
0: One point nine. One point nine million tests. Mm-hmm. And how many infected? Uh, one hundred and six thousand. Let's call it 107. 107,000
3: are positive. And how many dead? 4,000. 4,000 4, 4, plus.
0: 4,100.
1: Yeah. You're looking at... Um, and uh, there's 40 million people in the state. That's right. So you've got to test another 20. 20 times, right? Well, yeah. Uh, essentially. I mean... Right. I. If, it doesn't seem
3: feasible to get any of any any good data. No, it seems Back like we're using a point. very antiquated way to figure out when That's we right. can open or not. And I think the funny thing is, is well, we've been hearing for weeks that the southern states and all these people that opened up earlier closed late. Hot zone. Hot, giant zone, hot zones. Yeah, and it just hasn't been correct. You'll find articles where like, oh, the number spiked, but again. They're testing more than they did back in March, right? I, the cases will look more inflated now because we've stabilized and there's a ton of tests available
1: now. But that phrase right there, case in point, but they're testing more, that phrase right there, you you don't hear that, right? You, you see the big red dots on the map. You see the big red numbers of cases. You see Anderson Cooper and all, all his friends talk about how many more new cases in raw numbers? But you never hear the phrase, but they're testing more. Yeah, The LA so.
3: Times should be um, ashamed at the way they've reported every single day. Big, bold, front-page headlines. <laughs>
0: at, at this point now? Yeah. At, at this point, they should be ashamed. Uh, like, like you're saying that yeah, isn't before, no. yeah, no. yeah, before they should <laughs> it, have it been. Is, it has <laughs>
3: become a giant rag. But at, every day, it's a big, bold... 50,000 new cases in LA County or whatever, right? Okay, but you need to put that in context. No, there's no context. There's no context.
0: There is no context. It's it's the whole if it bleeds it leads kind of yeah, aspect to this. So, as far as the numbers tell us, it's a uh, 3.8% mortality rate here in California. However, with the fact that we've only scratched the surface of how many people we could test in the state. Exactly, long, we might find that the mortality rate actually drops much more. It significantly. will drop. It
1: will drop because you're going to test a bunch of people that are positive, asymptomatic, nothing ever happened to them. Well, you have to clump them into the positive pool, but there's still the same number of deaths.
3: I think it's funny in the uh, just like in the article here. Under the new statewide COVID-19 guidelines, the governor said bookstores, music stores, toy stores, florists, sporting good retailers, and others can reopen for pickup. How many bookstores are there? And that seems like a really good way to pass infection is fiddling through books. Hang out, touch. Music stores? Are there music stores (laughs) anymore? Blockbuster Music? Virgin Megastore? Even toy stores. I yeah. mean, where's Toys R Us? It's, Toys R Us yeah. and BK. Everything's
0: online anyway. <laughs> Everything's online. How
3: many people walk into the florist anymore just don't go online and right. order?
0: 1-800-Flowers, free plug.
3: So uh, phase one was dumb because it was all stuff that no one does anyway. Correct. Or doesn't exist. Correct. That was just a way to like act like he was throwing us a bone. Um, phase two, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Here. Well, he gave decision-making to the local level. I think he started getting upset with these board of soups saying, especially Orange County, like, what is the deal? Are you trying to micromanage us? Again, we kept... Oh, man. Orange County opened the beaches. Oh, no. Giant hotspot. No hot No, <laughs> Right. Um, uh, well, and counties must first submit containment plans, quote unquote, that meet certain requirements for hospital beds, testing kits, and the ability to track infected people and trace their
1: contacts. That part... Now, we're yeah, that's a whole separate... So, tracers. Tracers.
3: I, I got actually into the dentist last week. To get my teeth cleaned because they canceled me when COVID broke. But now they're opened under, you know, ADA or Dental Association yeah, guidelines. Sure. They wanted me to sign uh, initial this contract, basically, oh, before boy. I came in. Oh, boy. It said they're allowed to take my temperature. Okay, no big deal. Right. Cross forward. Hit
1: the laser. Sure. One
3: of the initials at the bottom said that I agree that they can share my medical information with the county.
1: Mm. <laughs> and I was like, mm.
3: nope. No, I got a problem with this one. Uh and then they kind of looked at me. I don't think anyone's objected to the sheet yet, but Good I'm that you. guy. Good and I'm like, you. I agree to all this other stuff, but I'm not gonna like give up my medical history, my HIPAA rights. Yeah, right. So you can share it with the county? No, no, no. No. Sorry. What did how did they treat that? Well, they want the money, right? So they're like, okay, whatever, don't <laughs> <laughs> Like they're not about to get in a battle with I me love about that. this. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Part of me is almost like the nerve yeah, of that that's too. Right. That's right. And people just, they don't... Okay, here you go. And how... Where's the expiration on it? Like, there was nothing in there that said, and then it expires June 30th, right? Like, so once you sign that, and they go back 10 years from now, they're like, oh, I got to get some dental records for this guy in a crime.
1: (laughs) They just walk in. No way, yeah. I don't know, it's weird.
3: The whole thing is weird.
0: I would agree with your thinking. So I'm on the uh, official... Covid nineteen for California website right now, and uh, in, the, in the last fourteen days, uh, nine hundred and fifty two people have passed away from the from. Four, the, now it's two weeks. Yeah, it's just okay. right on there. Yeah, in the okay. past two weeks, and thirty thousand new cases, uh, and it also shows uh, which counties are <clears throat> open. Okay, okay, they're further ahead in their testing and all seems well. So really it's more of a, which counties are not open, which which would be the smaller of the the categories here. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, we all know that the San Francisco Bay area, all those counties are still uh, pretty hit hard over there. So Marin Contra Costa, Alameda, Mm -hmm. of course, San Mateo County, they're still dealing with the Santa Clara, um, Santa Cruz, Monterey, and then we go down to Los Angeles because it's a big metropolitan area, and then last on the list is Imperial, which is way down at the bottom of California, in case you're unfamiliar with it. Because
3: it's mostly desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at it's, the border.
0: It's, it's southeast California. It, mo- most of the population is right on the line. If yeah. anything, yeah. But um, So if you're not in one of those counties, consider yourself free to move around and enjoy your freedom while it lasts i saw
3: I thought this was interesting um, despite the vocal opposition in some parts of the state, recent polls shows that the vast majority of Californians approve of how the governor is handling the coronavirus
1: crisis. I saw all these numbers i
3: I don't know I guess it's it is anecdotal, but I don't feel like what I'm seeing is people that are. Cool with everything still being shut down. I feel like people are starting to get antsy, just in what I've observed. Totally anecdotal.
1: I, I agree, but with I also you. don't
3: trust a lot of polls.
1: Um, did, by if it's the same poll I came across, uh, did you see who conducted the poll? No. Just just saying. No, I didn't. There's uh, a hyperlink here though to the poll. Some uh, uh, government program uh, division at UC Berkeley. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay, so
3: there could be a skew. Is
1: what you're saying? Maybe. Maybe.
3: Um, I thought it was interesting that the state processed more than 3.5 million claims for unemployment benefits from March 14th through the third week in April.
1: That is crazy. Yeah, the, and the the poll, I think we're talking about the same poll, um, said nearly 4 in 10 people in the state expect they may lose their job. Um, and nearly 7 in 10 voters fear the possibility of getting sick. Nine in 10 say they see the pandemic as a threat to their personal or family health, with 52% calling it a major threat and 83% call it a threat to their personal finances. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a threat to my finances. Yeah, right. Totally. Right Most politicians are a threat to my finances. Exactly. But, uh, but, but it's, it's those sorts
1: of numbers too that then... So all those things are weighing on you and you're frustrated and irritated by them. But Gavin is like marvelously navigating all this like i i in the same poll like i don't understand i hate when we put um these time frames on things
3: when i feel like the data is trending faster towards opening than not opening right like would you agree yes like we're on the downward trend right uh newsom said stage three would begin in months oh yeah i saw that Um, And that would include hair salons, gyms, sports competitions, and empty stadiums and religious services. The final stage would mark the end of the stay-at-home order, and all restrictions allowing people to return to concerts and sporting events, which the governor has noted is unlikely to occur until a vaccine becomes widely available. That, I don't know, you know, we talked about this before the show, John. I don't know why you would set expectations that finite. Correct. Like that you've really boxed yourself in um,
1: on something that might not ever be developed. Right. It, there is an element of that, that that does reek of the boldness of a of a liberal politician in a state in which they're not too
0: concerned about. It's like about when Biden ever. said
1: if he was elected, he'd curates.
3: AIDS. I, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that one. That was great. uh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had totally forgotten about that. Oh my goodness. Uh, but you mentioned something in there that that's kind of become its own little, uh, hot button here recently, uh, religious services. Right. And I think it was today, if not yesterday afternoon, yeah. that the Supreme court, they're not going to hear the, um, emergency request from the California church who challenged the swing vote being John, John Roberts. He sided right. with the four liberals. um, but all of the dissenting opinions, you know, Kavanaugh, et cetera, they bring up that 25% marker. And they're like, okay, that's, I, I get it. In, in general, you're saying these places are or, or there's no difference between this versus a restaurant, etc. Then why the differences in the specifics? I don't understand why I can go to Costco, but I can't go to church. The one little sliver argument, I don't think it's real good. The there's no design on you how long you're supposed to spend in Costco, but religious services are a good hour or more, and so it's like, it's like almost guaranteed closer proximity. than that's the thread that I've
3: heard. I don't know why you can't space pews, uh, chairs. Why you can't just require um, a face mask, right? Like I don't know why you can't. Put social distancing, why you can't bake that into church service. I, I And now that you can go, like we talked about, I, I've gone to like three restaurants this week. There's a bunch of restaurants open our area where I sat at a table without a mask. The server had one and gloves. Don't even get me started on cross-contamination while wearing
1: gloves. Right. Because I know they're not being changed that's out. What, that's what's never made sense to me, but no. keep going.
3: I'm able to do that and actually sit at islands and have cocktails for three hours. But we're at a restaurant, you're probably going to be there an hour.
1: at least,
3: but I can't go to church. I don't, I don't understand that. And the one argument, and I think this is where it comes from with liberals, because it's what I've heard over and over and over, especially from those who are secular. Uh, Well, but that's not essential food is right. And that you start walking a really, to me, that's a very poor argument um, because for a lot of people, church is essential. Faith is essential. And, on top of that, they they go further to say you don't need to be in a building to believe in God or whatever it is. But for a lot of people, the being in church is a completely different event than watching your service on Zoom. Like it is, and on top of that, you have a, a constitutional right to it. So
1: <laughs>
3: right. you don't really get to dictate, you know, whatever your feelings are.
0: Well, that but that's the
3: I just can't square up all the things I can do but that one thing is a different bucket.
0: Well, let me take a libertarian stab at that one. Um, do it, Bobby. I will. I will defend it just a little bit. Uh yes, the government can make decisions when it comes to the church and state. Uh particularly when it sides with somebody's else's civil liberties. So for example, even if you have if your religion believes in human sacrifices, you can't go killing people. Right? No matter what your religion says you know there's, there's there's laws like that so can they skirt around the issue we have a pandemic therefore you must stay away from large gatherings yeah I
3: but, but i'm arguing that you huh. can
1: make the gathering not large there's also okay and we can get into the nuances of of the extent to which they have that sort of authority but if they're going there be consistent that's that's the problem. Is now you're 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 singling out. If you want to say every place that's open for business or groups or anything, ten percent of normal occupancy. Well, I might think that's a load, but at least there's a thread of consistency between all these places. When what? you're saying restaurants fifty percent capacity, churches twenty five. I got a
0: problem with that. Yeah. I got other problems too. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole argument is kind of mute, given the fact that throughout the human civilization, there's been religion. Yeah. And throughout human civilization, there's been plagues. This is not new for either one of these aspects. And it has not, plagues have not, like, forced people to go, oh, there is no God, I'm going to be an atheist from now on, and therefore plagues will not bother me. Oh no, no, absolutely and not. So like,
1: like we live through
0: the dark ages,
1: right? We've, but that doesn't mean during those periods of time, uh, w- we shouldn't use all the tools at our disposal and push back. Right when there is uh, what you what one could argue is undue oppression of
0: a particular. Well, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. If you really wanted to push back against this thing, you would have shut everything down for two full weeks and just let it be. But, but that's back oh, to that's, the consistency yeah. argument, too,
1: though. At least, okay, then everything would have been shut down. Well, And now everything's going to have 50% capacity. Yeah, uh,
3: That's kind of Tim Pool's argument on Joe Rogan's podcast is you look at Sweden, and yeah, their numbers went up super fast, but they opted to take the hit up front instead of taking the hit over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, or maybe that was Shapiro's podcast. One of them, it was like, you've got a way. Do you... I don't think people understand that flattening the curve makes it last longer.
1: The area it, under yeah. the curve doesn't change. Right. It's the it's the the speed and the width of the curve.
3: Right. Anyone that's done stats one hundred and one, right? You always calculate the area under the line, and when you flatten the curve, you're just it's the same amount of area. You're just stretching over time, so we don't inundate the hospitals and the stuff. We went from flattening the curve. And everyone's like, okay, cool. I can get on board with that for a few weeks. Two, oh well, that didn't really become an issue. Right. And we didn't really see what we saw. And the goalposts moved to, we got to find a vaccine or a cure. Right. And everyone's like, well, wait a minute here. That one has no appreciable measurement. We don't know if it can happen. It's, it's kind of like when the courts in California ruled that uh, gun manufacturers need to be able to stamp a serial on the back of the round before it leaves the gun. And the gun manufacturers were like, we can't, the hammer can't instantly stamp a serial on the back of the bullet. We can't do that. They said, we don't care. Invent it. You know? <laughs> yeah. We reported on that story. It was like, but we don't even know if we can do
1: this. Uh, it doesn't matter. You you have to do it. Right. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> that's not the point of laws. Laws are for you to uh, be oppressed by. Next.
3: Well, like we talked about before the show, we don't even know. Uh, we don't have a vaccine for the flu for the most part.
1: Right, right. right. I, that's It, a, that's it, it a,
3: transitions
1: <laughs> so much. That, that That's a big, right. That's a particular point I think that's really worth mentioning. People throw around the word va- vaccine and they'll cure it, et cetera. If there were a vaccine for the flu, you wouldn't need but one season, one year's worth of flu shots, and then you're done because there's no more flu that's that means there's it's not an actual vaccine for the flu why is this going to be any different there won't unless i'm missing something
3: they mutate right Correct. like a lot of especially in healthcare or you know any a lot of jobs you get your hepatitis vaccine you get it early on and then you just check for titers then on out and maybe get a booster here and there but you're vaccinated for hep certain forms of hep flu it tr- it changes so much even within the season, that you've got to keep getting a flu shot for a specific strain every year. And even then, it's a crapshoot that that's the strain that hits you. So why would this be any different? There's not going to just be one vaccine. It's going to have to follow all the mutation that this thing occurs, right? Which has so, probably already occurred. Which is, I mean, <laughs> it occurred inevitably. I'm sure. Um, the the other part of this article that kind of concerned me. The governor said Monday, uh, this would be like two weeks ago, that the state is working with University of California campuses in San Francisco and L.A. to launch an online academy on Wednesday to recruit and train new tracers, Yeah, uh, potentially readying as many as 3,000 people per week for the job. He said the state has an initial goal of training 10,000 people, growing to 20,000 in the weeks ahead. Current state workers would be redeployed to work as tracers when the program launches, he said. So now, we are going to trace people.
0: Well, before we get into the argument, uh, so we had all these public employees who were not doing anything throughout this whole lockdown situation. Good point. And could have been utilized for this program. But now... Their contract did not (laughs) stipulate that they could, though. (laughs) Now that we want to put them back to work, let's take them off of that job that they're already paid to do and put him on this uh tracer program. Alright, I just had a vent Jeez. on that just a little bit. But please continue Louie. I
3: I I just I have a real problem with tracing. Huh. Like yeah. sending tracer detectives to Find it goes back to like the apps they were talking about. Developing. The,
1: the, the Google and Apple came together, and you know, and, right. and Unity have developed. Uh, uh-huh. like, okay,
3: it's funny.
0: We'll hold hands together, and all will be well. Sure. Right. There was a
3: story in the Wall Street Journal this morning about how that whole task force is falling apart because the Googles and Apples are like, we don't really need all this government help. We can just. They're more crutching the the feds on the task force. Like they don't need the government help on developing this. And Apple and Google just kind of want to do it themselves, which is even more concerning. Correct. Like they don't want the oversight.
0: (laughs) Well, I kind of get the feeling that that (laughs) when Google and Apple, they started talking to the government on what they want, you end up figuring out, Oh, maybe we shouldn't give them this power that they want and have them be able to backdoor their way into statistics that they no. shouldn't have but apple and
1: google should right then again at least in that case i i can choose to not use an apple or google phone so there is that element at least in that case whereas with back to the core argument of yeah. the government's involved it's harder to escape that i cannot use apple and google products
0: i know you like oh, using sure. your nokia flip phone Right. I, I
1: mean, that's basically what you get down to
0: now. Correct. Is like
3: I,
1: I understand. Archaic phones because.
0: I understand. It, yeah. You know.
1: But I. But, 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 Correct crane me if I'm wrong, but the whole thing with these app developments, right, is like, well, it'll be, and this is what I think what they say, it'll be some sort of encrypted communication between Bluetooth that's happening around. So like if you're walking around, you'll kind of get notified that the somebody you're around has been around someone that had COVID and. Is that all how that's supposed to do you guys know?
3: I, I just remember from the article it talked about doing it via Bluetooth, right? Yeah. So it's gonna be within what, a thirty foot range or something like that, probably.
1: But then and then based all on the promise, right, of like when that's all transmitted around, it's really anonymous and it's it's it's
3: gotta tell you
0: Yeah.
1: what direction, right? Like what good is
3: the tracker if it just says, hey, someone within a thirty Well, you know, you're radius, in an apartment building
0: it, <laughs> two floors up, someone's got it. <laughs> right. When you're two floors or away, no big deal.
3: Or you're at Chipotle and it's like uh, someone in a thirty foot radius has it and it's just you and some other dude in there. Not to, <laughs> right, right, not to mention
1: like the shaming that can happen. Like you walk into the Chipotle with thirty people in there already and all their phones all of a sudden start going off and you're the only one who just walked through the door. But here's here again, I'm
3: gonna I said this in the last episode. Why are we tracking that but we're not tracking pedophiles? Right, like we have the Megan's Law database, that is something you can actually go pull up your neighbor on and get their picture and everything that's happened. I'd rather have a tracker to tell me, especially if I, had, you know, kids with me or something like that. Where is the uh, sexual offender? It's an interesting right? question. Alert man. me on that. I'm at Chuck E. Cheese and my phone blows up because <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> my little cousins to... are playing and there's some
0: dude that I'm going to make an assumption know? that because everyone, the public, that is is fearful of COVID more so than they are some random pedo that they are willing to allow the government to make this tool and utilize it as best they
3: oh, can. Oh, no, I and, and that's, to me, the scary part because you've set a precedent for why this is okay to track. And the government is determining who the winners and losers are. It's just like them determining who's essential or not, right? I mean, we talked about that. The government, literally the governor, one person, is deciding what activities and jobs are essential. Where most people would say I'm essential, you know, or the, uh, the person would say themselves personally because I need to work to have a paycheck, therefore I consider myself essential,
1: right? But you have one person picking the winners and losers. You know, it's kind of a... He was actually talking about something different. He was talking about all the things, all the, the what's happened in Minnesota. But... You're bringing up an, an interesting points in terms of power and and politicians and the governor, and he actually he didn't mean I didn't mean to this in Newsom. this way. That's right. That Newsom talked about and kind of opened his um, sort of presser yesterday. I think it was with some comments, and actually, I I've got him as clips, and I think they're interesting in that again he was talking about in the context of what was going on in Minnesota, but these clips. He's kind of talking about in a roundabout way, I I heard them as, our culture and let me play them for you. There's two clips. okay? And see what you guys think. Uh, here's the first one. He, this first
2: one, he's talking about laws versus
1: us needing to change.
2: And you start to appreciate, I've been in an elected office for decades now. The first problem. The program yeah. passing, passing a law, you're not solving problems. You got to change culture. You got to change people's hearts and minds. Not just laws on the books, we've got to fundamentally change who we are and recognize what we 're capable of being yeah, that's that Obama thing
1: right, right. fundamentally but, change, but my problem with that is you're you're admitting you're saying in the clip it's not the laws that we pass that actually make a difference like we we've got to become better people, okay, then why are you passing all the laws that you pass? are they? You th- actually think then that your laws are making people better people? Is this tracer thing? Like, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting all this stuff to happen. Or is he so full of himself? Oh,
0: now, now we're probably getting to the answer. But that keep going. he yeah. believes he knows what is right and what is wrong. He's the moral authority. The compass, the moral compass, Gavin Newsom.
3: Oh, I think that's most of the liberals in this state, right? We've talked about it before. It's... They don't think they're doing anything crazy because they come from a point or a yep. stance of righteousness. Yes, that's right. right. And that's right. I am being righteous and you are not, and I'm doing this for your own good because totally. I'm here to save you. Right? Totally. And that all this stuff, whether it's banning plastic bags and straws, requiring solar panels, not letting people build, um, letting the homeless do whatever, you know, flock to the state. totally um, Increasing taxes— taking from the rich giving to the poor it's okay but it's not in vain because
1: i'm doing it to save the others right and it's all machiavellian it's a, the the, in, totally. the ends of it it's all justified so I, everything I, I do is justified because i'm trying to get to something that's morally superior
3: yeah and so you take someone like newsom and in this instance he is navigating based on what he feels is right he has no experience in disaster management. You know, that's kind of the crazy thing about governors versus, say, public safety chiefs and uh-huh. stuff. Right. They don't really know how to manage an emergency, right? You talk about um, what Pete Wilson dealt with, the Northridge earthquake. That was a big one yep. for them. Yep. And then Brown and Schwarzenegger dealt with the recession. And Brown yep. dealt with the electricity shortage, which got him ousted. Right. Oh, a great, you mean, the task force, great yeah. Davis. So. Great Davis. Um, but these, something like this is like, they don't, I don't feel like they're really deferring to experts or the experts don't really know what they're doing in this case because it's a public health thing. That's uncharted more people with no experience in
1: disaster management. Yeah. Per se. Last clip here. Um, he also then started talking about power and dominance, which was interesting because, again, isn't that Sacramento? You mean fascist newsome? Here we go. Okay,
2: Which she thinks we need to express, and that is a recognition that we have a country that predominantly values power, dominance, and aggression over care, empathy, and collaboration. That the predominant values we seem to be so attracted to as a nation... They're not serving us anymore. Power, dominance, and aggression. Over care, collaboration, and empathy.
1: Don't those three words pretty well define your party's
2: situation in Sacramento? Play it one more time. Yeah. Which she thinks we need to express. And that is a recognition that we have a country that predominantly values power, dominance, and aggression over care, empathy, and collaboration. That the predominant values we seem to be so attracted to as a nation, they're not serving us anymore. Power, dominance, and aggression, over care, collaboration, and empathy. To me,
1: the unbelievable arrogance to say that, to think that you and your party in our state don't exhibit that when it comes to you wanting something, you thinking something's right that you don't proceed with power, dominance and aggression in passing bills regardless of what other considerations, other input may be. It's disgusting. Especially in a completely lopsided state. Correct. So so to so to sit there and say and again, this was in the context of Minnesota and he's obviously talking about the police officer in Minnesota. But maybe the guy needs to look in a mirror. And granted, Gavin Newsom wasn't just recorded on video putting his knee onto someone's neck. But those, those, those sorts of things don't always have to show up as a knee on a neck.
3: Well, as a small business owner of the state, I feel like there's a knee on my neck. Exactly. I mean, no, no, no
1: right. The, the, these words are very accurate and descriptive, right? The Liberal Party in this state operates with power dominance, and aggression in what they want and how they want to get it. Yet, um, yet our governor, who's part of that, is telling me, no, no, no. I need to start acting with empathy towards others. Why yeah. would
0: I when this guy's not going to? I wonder if he's going to start giving me empathy.
1: Right. Exactly. I wonder. Exactly. what for thought. Sorry, that was, you know, as we're talking about the in the context of tracing and and this sort of thing, and, and how the government and their overreach and the power that they want. When I heard those things, and granted, he obviously wasn't talking about it in that context. But why is it any different, you know? Why is it when he talks about for an officer in Minnesota and our culture gravitating towards that? Uh, it's back to Milton Friedman's, uh, one of his, it's become a famous quote of his on YouTube from when he was on on. Uh, the Donahue show way back when it, it, where he's just was questioning where are we going to find angels to run society for us it's like he's that's the point from which they speak is that we are benevolent angels we're government and that's what we're here for and to do is to not be operated by power dominance and aggression but instead show empathy to okay i got that that's a generally it's a nice message but your actions are they're different logistically but in terms of the message they convey they're no different than the officer in minnesota everybody
3: believes that if it was me running the show exactly it would be better right exactly and jordan peterson talks about this you might be the most benevolent person on earth you might be yeah you might actually care about the people and when you get to the top you might do a great job but somebody's going to want to kill you because someone else is going to think they can do it better than you. And they might not be as nice to the people as you are. So when you uh, give up that much power to government mm-hmm. and you allow govern- government to be that that dominant, it might be great for that point in time if you truly have someone at the top that truly cared about the people, but the next guy won't care as much.
0: I mean, we're li- we're living in a world now where police officers are tackling people who aren't wearing their stupid COVID mask, right? (laughs) Because we're, we're creating all these bonehead laws and asking law enforcement to just jump in the middle of it and be very free and judge and jury and everything. And it's, it's well beyond their scope and what they're supposed to be doing. You know, I want them to catch the murderers. I want them to catch the the rapists and the, the armed looters and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I don't want them to have to be the referee for domestic violence stuff and all the other little things that that they shouldn't have to be doing.
3: Well, and, and we're opening, we're letting prisoners go because of COVID, which is crazy. There's a story uh, on NBCLA a couple weeks ago. This dude got released in LA and he was picked up and arrested three times in the same day. Jeez! The last time he was picked up, he led CHP on a pursuit. And then he was just released right after that. This Mm -hmm. guy got released from from prison, from jail. And then he was rearrested
0: three times in the same day. Come on. Because they have to keep letting him out because (laughs) they can't keep him in this jail cell because of COVID. And it specifically
3: stated the COVID stuff is what kept him out of jail through all that. The dude knew what he was doing. He's like, I can't go back as long as they stay within the threshold. You know, we've talked about this before. Shoplifting has gone through the roof. Up because to. these criminals know now that, you know, what becomes a sight and release is super high. So they know the exact dollar amount they can steal and nothing will happen to them. Yeah. Right? Next one.
0: Anyway, we're uh, let's do the rundown. I want to get a couple of stories in oh, here. Oh, let's do it. Let's do the rundown. I'm actually watching the um, the NASA SpaceX launch right now. We're T-minus 15 seconds. So this is real exciting stuff. Oh, yeah? Oh, very yeah. cool. So if I suddenly burst out and go, oh, my God, it blew up. Is out of Florida? (laughs) Yeah. It's out in Florida. Yeah. So it's great. And 10 seconds, so this is great. I'm going to watch this thing blast off. Anyway, Louie, give me some music. Rundown music? Yeah, from rundown music. I think you have the rundown music. No, I had it on my old computer. Oh, man. I know. We'll have to use this one. (laughs) Let's do it. An aide to longtime Los Angeles City Council member agreed to plead guilty Wednesday to a federal charge in an ongoing FBI pay-to-play investigation inside City Hall that includes alleged distribution of one million dollars in bribes and inducements, in court according to court documents released uh, Wednesday. The alleged bribery included payments from a Chinese firm seeking to construct a 77-story building slated to be the tallest west of the Mississippi. George Esponza 33 of East Los Angeles served as a special assistant to council Jose Huizar until 2017 and admitted to his role in a criminal enterprise from early 2013 through November 2018. Esparza, who faces up to 20 years in prison began cooperating with the federal authorities two years ago. Mm. So Huizar is still a city council member. Ah, he, of course. Uh, he was asked politely by the city mayor to step down from his uh, his board duties um, as far as anyone actually calling him to step down I, I I couldn't tell you if anyone has and this is just getting deeper and deeper on I mean we've covered this a couple of times right and this is just getting sad now and he, why he's still a city council member I have no idea. But this pay-to-play, it's super corrupt in L.A., super corrupt. Well,
3: we've talked about a number of stories where uh, city council members have finagled with the Chinese and other people to
0: build buildings and all sorts of stuff down there. Who would have thought this would have happened dealing with the Chinese? Oh, man. Uh, Pretty racist of me, though. Anywho, the next one, Governor Gassim Newsom, uh, administration plans to cut millions of dollars in spending from the state high-speed rail authority, even as costly projects continues to move forward in the San Joaquin Valley. The administration wants to cut the equivalent of 88 positions from private sector consultants working on the project, saving $29.8 million annually. According to a budget document released this week, the department would create new state jobs for 70 public employees, offsetting some of these uh, some of the savings, the net changes would represent a savings of about sixteen million dollars a year.
3: That's it. That's
0: it. You know, in, in this time of budget crunch, <laughs> you would think, hmm, what could I cut right away that's costing us an arm and a leg here in the state? Whatever could I think of that we could cut in this state that nobody wants or needs? (laughs) Choo-choo. They just can't do it, man. It's like cutting off an arm. They won't do it. The
1: COVID train is perfect. Pulling into the station. There's like, we don't want to talk about science and like hard facts. Politicians will never admit they're wrong. Ever. Ever. It's a hard fact. Hard science. Um,
0: How how much more
1: respect
3: would you have for a governor who came out, if Newsom came out and he was like, hey guys, here's the deal. We overreacted on a lot of this. Mm. We inflated it. People are still dying though, and there's some infection. But we would like to at least get three million people tested in the state, get like a sample, and then we'll kind of see where we're at. It'd be unbelievable. But but it's not as bad as we thought it was. It'd be unbelievable. I I don't get... Garcetti's like this, too. Oh. Horrible. They're so doom and gloom. Horrible. People need hope. But, but... Like, they've never given a pep talk. They don't understand the... Imagine if, like, a coach just went in the locker room at halftime and was like, Guys, they, they were are way better than us.
1: They were always liberal candidates in highly liberal areas trying to get elected. They never had to. It Just a little bit of...
3: Hey... We're going to get through this. It's getting better. Look at all these positives. Just a little bit more. They, they've they never tried to sell any hope. It's crazy. It's always the fear side. Hey, if you don't do this, more people are going to die. Mm-hmm. Fun.
0: <laughs> fun. Fun, 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 fun. Several San Francisco supervisors are supporting a charter amendment that would be introduced at Tuesday's board meeting that would give voting rights to 16- and 17-year-olds Uh, city residents for municipal elections. The measure, which is planned for the November ballot, would make San Francisco the first major U.S. city to allow 16- and 17-year-olds to vote in municipal elections.
3: More easily influenced liberal voters.
0: Imagine that. It's so obvious what they want. It's so obvious. (laughs) According to the Office of the Board of President Norman, uh, Norman Yeh, The young voters would have to meet all the qualifications for voters' registration under state law, besides the 18-year-old age uh, age minimum, and would have to register to vote within the city's Department of Elections, according to the language in the proposed charter amendment. Oh, what was the last part? uh, Just according to the charter amendment. So basically, but but with motor voter,
3: as soon as you get your license, as as you get your license,
0: yeah, no, um, the same criteria that we have to be a voter. Would what
3: is that in California? Is there criteria? <laughs> basically,
1: breathe. Just, yeah, that's not even that big of a criteria either. There's people who aren't breathing that uh,
0: somehow. You have on to the be a qualified registrar, uh, registrar, which is basically you have to live here, prove your residency.
3: But how? There's no ID.
0: Which makes right. it even more fun, right? It, like, this is getting really silly.
3: People will say, "Well, here's all the requirements." You're overreacting. It's like, okay, but but you don't have to prove any of them.
0: I mean, this This is... it. Okay, I'm going to try to be as even-handed as I can. It Why? made sense... I mean, I'm sorry, but it made sense in the aspect of, oh, you're applying for a driver's license within uh, California. Therefore, while you're at it, let's go ahead and register you to vote. Let's get whatever other necessities you need for being a resident of the state. But at the same time, they totally messed this thing up.
3: Oh, the system is... That whole system is so messed up. I've got a story where we talk about the mail and vote stuff, but Mm -hmm. the amount of people that weren't registered correctly, registered wrong address, registered wrong party affiliation, especially in this state, as primaries and things are concerned, like the system was broke, and then we just ended up screwing the rolls up even more.
0: I I tell you, there's there's a million different ways we can talk about this, but This is the rundown. We're just going to go zip through this. Uh, One more. Real estate groups across California say they'll sue to kill legislation that would let bars and restaurants pay back missed rent payments over the next year. Former San Francisco supervisor turned state senator Scott Wiener. Oh, that guy. Uh, Folks, in case you haven't. It's the same names over and over in this state. Everybody here just rolled their eyes because we know Scott Weiner, Scott the Devil Weiner, proposed California State Bill Number Nine Three Nine earlier this month, a plan he concocted with Senator Liana Gonzalez that would no, 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 not Lorena. Oh, thank you. Uh, Still probably not good, but but thank you, thank you for the correction. Yeah. Um, uh, Where was it? Would allow bars and restaurants to end their leases early, pay back rent payments missed during the pandemic over a 12-month period and and ban commercial evictions during the crisis. On Friday, the state Judiciary Committee voted 5-1 to advance the bill. The San Francisco Chronicle reports progress that dismayed real estate groups that say the plan will deal a moral blow to the state's landlords. Wiener says that he understands the concerns of property owners, but restaurant bars and cafes are expected, frankly, to just suck it up and magically come up with the high rent that was obtained in the pre-COVID circumstances. The
3: number... (laughs) How invalidating is that? From being told we're supposed to have empathy by Newsom? I'm telling you. That is the least empathetic response I've ever heard. I'm telling you that this is all BS. Do people...
0: Is that the last story? That's the last one.
3: Okay, you know what? Let's let's just talk about this one for a
0: second. That's why I saved it for the last one.
3: So... Do people think that it doesn't just keep rolling downhill? Like, if I don't pay my rent, the person I'm paying my rent to has to still pay the mortgage, usually, right. on the building.
0: Whatever right. loan they have. Mm-hmm.
3: And even if it's paid off, they still got to pay the damn state property tax, right? right? And then whatever licenses and permits they need to be you know, a property owner, management company, whatever they are. Do they think all that just gets dissolved? Like, well, I don't have to pay my rent. Okay, but what about the guy above you that you're paying? What are they supposed to use to pay the bills? Well, they're just
0: but in millionaires a, and billionaires. Yeah, in a society
1: literally. where we've been re-educated into thinking that if someone's above me, they're just trying to suck me dry and they're evil and they're greedy. and
3: I don't, I don't mind the part that says you have 12 months to pay back what you didn't pay. That's cool. At least we're getting to a point where you're paying it back and we're spreading that out, right? Mm-hmm. If you... Especially if you didn't have to pay rent for three, four months. That could be a big chunk. And we'll give you 12 months to pay that back. I think that's cool. Okay. I don't get the part where you get to leave your lease early, where you get to just have zero responsibility. The, the, yeah. The ge- best
0: part about this article was that Scott Weiner knows what he is doing, and he doesn't care. <laughs>
3: right. He literally says yeah. that. Yeah.
0: He quite literally says that. He knows what he's doing.
3: And he uses the biggest invalidating term, but. But. Right. That's like the number one. I I feel your pain, but Yeah, like that that that's where anything becomes right. not empathetic anymore. Correct. Um so the whole you just gotta suck it up, He said that to restaurants.
0: Yes. Restaurants No 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 to he landlords. Said it to the landlords right sorry. of restaurants. Oh of yeah, restaurants. that's right. That's right.
1: That's
3: right. I people need to realize too, restaurants have like zero margin. Right. They operate on right. such they're always teetering on bankruptcy. Right. Um There's not a lot of money in the restaurant business unless you are a Bobby Flay or something, right? But your average person owns a restaurant or a couple, operates on a razor-thin margin. And on top of that, they know down to the penny, down to the second, how many tables they got to turn over on Saturday night dinner to make a profit. How many of the halibut they got to sell? How much of this they can't waste? And when you start saying, well, you can only fill 50% capacity,
1: there's models not built on yeah.
3: only having... Ha- um, just imagine a restaurant in general. If you owned a restaurant, do you think you would survive if you operated at 50% capacity every day?
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten the space to begin with. Right, right. you mean, would have got a smaller space. Yeah, right.
3: Right? And, and, so, and, and you're paying by the square foot right. to the landlord. Right. And so you know by the square foot how many tables you got to sock in and how many times you got to turn over those tables every night. You can't just suddenly say...
1: Uh, you can only do 50% capacity, right? No, I was going to take this in a slightly different direction, but you know what? This is interesting and it's kind of a ponderable and um, my brother and I have talked about this in the past and we kind of actually touched on a bit of it earlier in the episode when we were talking DoorDash and Grubhub, et cetera. This space is going to be really, this is just my opinion now. Uh, this space is going to be really interesting in the future because it seems like what we're seeing and almost being trained for, why would a restaurant in the future not be anything more than a rented kitchen? If there There's probably, there's certain restaurants, and I mean, I've heard some restaurant owners just talking and saying, you know, barely getting by with takeout or barely doing this right. or that. But if they're actually making it quasi-work, and they didn't have to have the set down floor space, and they needed less rent. Just and they got less rent just because of that. Is that going to be a new model? I mean, I'm kind of going now into just a pondering, you know, kind of hypothetical world.
0: Well, I think so everywhere we go, there's just going to be nothing but uh, uh, roach coaches. The uh, but <laughs> think about it; they're being imposed
1: on them a new world of. Regulations that are always moving, the goalposts are always changing. The one thing that they could rely on is well, relying maybe strong, but a kitchen. I need a kitchen to make the food. But beyond that, I mean, I've gone and done takeout, and it's now a a table at the front door, so you can't even go in. Right. And your order sitting there. Well, you're kind of peering in, looking at completely wasted space now. But how useful is it going to be in the next three years? Four years.
3: I think what you kind of paved the way for is either a scenario where you have more of a public food court where you have kitchen spaces and a shared dining. Yes. Or just, man, if you owned a commercial property, why wouldn't you just build some deluxe kitchens in there and let a bunch of people co op the same kitchen?
1: Right. Oh, yeah.
3: Like just make a massive kitchen with a ton of ranges and all sorts of stuff where maybe three or four restaurateurs could share the kitchen and operate their delivery services. Interesting, Right? I think the only thing that saves it is people still wanting to just go out to eat. There's no, repl- even for me, I, I love to cook. I've never been a huge takeout person. If I'm going to get takeout, I would rather just go to the restaurant where I don't have to do the dishes or deal with the trash. I can sit and leave. There is still something about the ambiance afforded by going out or just being waited on where you don't have to worry about anything. You can get a cocktail, you can have a nice dinner, right? I mean, a right. nice date night to me isn't replaced by picking up takeout and coming back home. Oh, I don't think it or is getting I, delivery. I
1: agree with you, but depending on the oversight, depending on the rules and regs, back to your point, can they they can't make it work. One things one one of the two things has to give. Either 50% capacity better go to 100 here pretty quick. Or the landlord's going to have to be cool with accepting half the rent. The consumer's got to be the driver.
3: If people start resigning themselves to, I'll just get it to go, then it will ultimately go that way. Yeah. But if the people are still demanding to sit in person, I think whether you're liberal or conservative in the state, I believe there's a, we'll get to a point, it's almost like a Laffer curve on this, where... People are just going to get fed up.
1: Yep, I'm already I, seeing. I agree.
3: Downtown Santa Barbara on State Street, a lot of people not wearing masks. I
1: agree.
3: Even though it's a countywide, whenever you're in public ordinance, yeah, there's a certain amount of people are just like, I am over it. I'm not near anybody. I'm just walking down the street. I st- we're still finding out the lack of. We don't even know how well it really transfers from contact. exactly. I was just reading about this. Like, if I'm walking down the street and you're walking down the street, what are the odds that the droplet lands right. on you, the wind doesn't carry it? That I'm it... even
1: hearing now that you got to get upwards of, like, 10, maybe even 15 minutes of, like, talking with somebody right, to, like, pretty okay odds that you transmitted it. We've made
3: sweeping changes, and we don't even know anything. No.
1: Nope. So true.
3: But the the economic side of this is... I think we have an economic Yeah, that, that that's exactly right.
0: This one's from the New York Times. Economic freefall is how Tom Steyer, the former presidential candidate, described <laughs> it. He is heading the state's economic recovery task force, a group of business leaders, oh, labor activists, economics, and former governors who have begun meeting at, to plot a way out. California faces a daunting budget deficit of $54 billion, which could force painful cuts to schools, social programs, health care, and road and building construction. And the state was the first to borrow from the federal government to finance the $13 billion in unemployment claims. California has a hugely diversified economy, and many of the industries that have made it so strong are also the ones getting hit the hardest. By many measures, California, which has the nation's largest tourism industry, public university system, entertainment industry, and port system, and produces far more food than any other state, stands to lose more in the coronavirus induced recession than anywhere else. In a matter of weeks, the number of unemployed Californians, around 5 million, has more than doubled the number of the jobless at the peak of the Great Recession.
3: There was a, a phrase here or a sentence that blew me away, and it's totally self-induced. California has an estimated unemployment rate above 20%, according to Newsom, far higher than the 14.7% national rate, and similar to the estimated rate for New York, which was hit hardest by the virus. Mm. We were not hit that hard. Yet. Yet. Why is our unemployment rate similar to New York?
1: And possibly even more perplexing to me is the person you choose to lead the economic revitalization of our state mm. is Tom Steyer. Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I really don't even know what to say past
0: that. I well, kind you of, picked Tom Steyer right. for this position. I kind of imagine the entire task force was meant as a joke. but It reads that way. Uh, I mean, what what are we supposed to do with this task force? What What is it that they have done? I'm curious. Really, I, I can't find articles that says <laughs> what they've done. What was the
3: unemployment rate prior to March?
1: Oh, that's a good question, in California. Uh,
3: yeah, is this another case of we're trying to pawn off previous problems under this same no, umbrella? No, we were
0: super low, just like everywhere else. We were super low. I, John's looking that up right now. Yeah, let's see if I can find it. But the the best part is, is what we're really talking about is... Um, the budget, because we're we're talking about the budget now, and Newsom delivered his, um, oh, his yeah. budget proposal. Here, here you go. It,
1: November last year, 3.9. December, 3.9. January, 3.9. February, 3.9. March, 5.5. 5. April, 15.5. Ooh. Crazy.
3: Thousands of undocumented Californians are unable to collect unemployment because of their immigration status although the state is offered aid. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> here's here's
0: some money. And I mean, you
1: get a car, and you get a car. The, oh, the Oprah clip, for sure.
0: Uh, why? Why Why have we done Did you, this? Let's name the... I, I got to
3: hold on. Yeah. Here's a list of the other people on the task force, the economic Is this going to make me feel good? Headed by Mr. Steyer. Uh, former Disney chief executive Bob Iger. Mm-hmm. The Apple chief, Tim Cook, Uh, Janet Yellen, the former head of the Federal Reserve, and uh, Priscilla Chan, a founder of the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. That's Zuckerberg's wife, right? The philanthropic organization she runs with her husband, the Facebook co-founder, Mark Zuckerberg. That is the economic recovery task force. That is quite a... uh, All these people are so disconnected. Wasn't Bob... I was just... Iger kind of ran out.
1: It's... It's... it's uh, One of those... Yeah, it's... Resignation. uh, TBD. TBD. Um, It's... Yeah, I'm sitting there hearing that, and I'm thinking how that helps... How how they'll understand Susie at the local haircut salon. I got no clue. Well, so, I mean,
3: Apple. I'm an Apple fanboy, but let's be real. They store most of their cash... Offshore, <laughs> right. and they build all their stuff in China.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think Susie at the haircut shop can open a uh, what they, it's like a double Ireland sandwich uh, right. tax strategy. You know, right. like that's that's not going to help Susie. They, they Keep... store all their money in Dublin,
3: <laughs> and um, but you know, it's funny because everything always is designed in Cupertino, right? <laughs> designed just so they can try to bury the fact that everything's built overseas. Uh, you've got Facebook, which nobody trusts. I mean, oh. if you have a pulse, you should. not Notice how if Zuckerberg did, <laughs> right. didn't
1: make it to the force that his wife did.
3: No, and yeah, and notice it that it's not Facebook. It's the or 503. You, you mean know, the LLC that
1: they, that they set up so they could still control and donate their right. own shares, but not actually donate them to charity yet? Interesting.
3: Um, former head of the Federal Reserve, where we just print money these days.
1: Uh, right. Speaking of yeah, moral
3: hazard... To me that's more of a strategy of, look, I know how the reserve operates and this is how we can weasel money out of it. Right? Like that. <laughs> right. That's why you bring that person. In. <laughs> right. Um So, I this is the other part of the article I thought uh as the debate on reopening is increasingly shaped by the country's partisan divide, many conservative states are moving more quickly to restart their economies and many liberal states like California are taking more precautions. I thought that was a very interesting way to frame it. The, The conservatives are just worried about the money, and California
1: is just more cautious. This little gem, too, from the article, I'm pretty sure it's the same article we're talking about. With the state mandated by law to balance its budget, experts and officials are urging the federal government to step in and shore up the state's finances with an immense bailout, a matter subject to partisan bickering across the nation, including Washington, where many Republican lawmakers are opposed to it. There's, I think I think we're headed there.
0: There's two real budget proposals that are currently making this rounds. One is Gavin Newsom's Oh I've seen right. Okay. Yes, one yes, is his. Yes. And he makes a lot of a lot of cuts. He cuts. So he yeah. does. He, he actually does cut cuts, a lot. Yeah. And um one of the one of the stipulations was as soon as we get a bailout, then we won't cut. That's kind of his whole
1: Don't worry, I'm cutting. But I'm
0: not really cutting. Yeah. Because
1: the money the money trains coming here. Money trains soon. coming. Yeah.
0: But we anticipated it's probably gonna be a little while. So we, gotta, we, we, gotta, to we, we gotta cut in the meantime. Now the real problem is, is that the state senate has offered up their budget proposal. And brother, they have not cut a damn thing. If anything, they're spending even more money. Gotta do it. And they totally anticipate that they're gonna get a bailout. It's criminal on what they're exactly doing. Let me explain. Yeah, I would like please explain. Okay. Um, While both May and uh, the May revision of the state version contains federal funds, trigger solutions, and interactions, the two versions differ in presumed starting points and other key details in trigger solutions. Now, the governor's May revision proposes $14 billion in budget cuts that would take effect but then be triggered off in federal funds materializing to replace the proposed cuts, what I just said. The Senate version flips the presumption and instead budgets as though the federal uh, funds will come in, but then triggers the solutions should the federal funds not materialize $25 billion in economic recovery fund. Okay. (laughs) The, The, the state version has this thing called the $25 billion economic recovery fund. This proposal generates the $25 billion over two years for economic stimulus investments to prevent the economy falling further and to assist the economic rebound. Under the proposals, taxpayers and others can prepay future taxes in exchange for future tax vouchers that have a higher face value to uh, reflect initiation and to incentivize participation. Let me get this right.
1: Hold mm-hmm. on. Let me mm-hmm. look, can can I can I try and retranslate this. Okay. Break it down into financial The state government wants to turn taxes into a bank by which I make a deposit into said bank with my ta- with my money. And I'm promised with the full faith and credit and backing and word of my state government that they will Grow that money at an implied interest rate so that my future value is greater and can be applied to taxes at a greater value in the future. All of it, again, being built on the faith and credit of my state government.
3: I think more importantly, though, is they are getting you to divest from the market. Oh,
1: yeah, right. And invest with them for a return. That's right. Exactly, a bank. They, they are now a quote-unquote competing bank or an institution of re- potential return.
3: Let's say I take ten grand, right, that I could invest in the market, right, and we'll say you know invest it, invest
1: normally, it, right? Okay, with uh, yeah. an
3: expert, right? Sure, and maybe grow at ten percent a year. Sure, that's long. Right. Let's say
1: right. let's just take long term average. Long term right. average Great. at ten percent a year. Great.
3: But now the government's saying. They're going to have to compete with some, with the market, I, I'm kind of right? curious
1: what they're going to grow it at. Right. Yeah, right.
3: But we'll say that they say they can compete. Now I'm divesting out of private industry, or these publicly held companies, and I'm going to invest it in the government, right? And they're going to say, well, I can grow it. So you start creating a competition between shareholders investing in companies and shareholders investing in the state, only I don't get any equity. Right.
1: <laughs> in the state. <laughs> you got you got the raw end of that deal. Right. Now, I, now, and granted, when I go to a bank, I'm not by me depositing my money in a savings account. I'm not either becoming a shareholder. However, there's these four little letters that are attached to that account, FDIC. Right. Sure, yeah. So that so that at least I get my money back unless from the taxpayer. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, but unless unless the entire nation, which that's gonna happen one day in my opinion, but goes bankrupt tomorrow, uh, I'll get that that, that money is there. Why wouldn't we just
3: bring the taxes down and decrease whoa, the burden? Whoa so whoa, whoa, whoa. this is if we have to come up with this whoa, to pay the whoa, burden, maybe whoa. the maybe we've reached that part of the Laffer curve <laughs> where there's too much burden. You mean oh. the stupid curve? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is this has now become the principal argument between conservatism or free market capitalism and socialism, okay? On, on one aspect, civil libertarians would have argued never to install social programs because what you end up doing is you, you create a system in which people become dependent upon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when the social programs no longer have funding, these social programs are suddenly either eliminated... Or the country does funny things in which to try to stabilize them, granting government even more power. And we can see it right here, right now, where the government, ran by a bunch of Democrats, mind you, as socialist as they might be, they absolutely refuse to get rid of any social programs yeah. right? because they are based on popularity. Right. Okay. They are popular, they get them elected, and so they must remain. And we get this phony baloney program that will get them no money. If if anyone actually participates, I'll be really, really surprised. But maybe, you know, the Chan Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg oh, might geez. actually pile some money in there. Who knows? I Maybe they will. But I guarantee you not a whole lot of people are going to start piling money into this thing. And so and they also require a bailout which they may not get. This this is what happens. We start printing money and it starts falling off the rails and it's more important that these programs no matter how, how terrible they are continue to operate. All of them. No one is going around saying, "You know what, we should cut this." It's true. We should cut that. I, I mean I even said, "Hey, you know what? Let's cut the high-speed rail." Nobody likes it. No one's going to miss it. It'll save us lots of money over the long run.
1: And I don't want to speak for them, but I think you probably just made the argument that the Senate Republicans slash Trump are going to make when it comes time for the request and the bills that, that ask for all this money to be sent to New York, Illinois,
0: California, and New Jersey. But the counter argument is now Gavin Newsom's empathy speech. Right. Where's the empathy? How can you put a price tag on blah 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 Well we can. There's a price tag, it's right here. Right. We I, I don't know what our official federal borrowing amount is at this moment in time because it keeps growing. Oh yeah. I don't know, I don't know what our price tag is right now, but I guarantee you we're probably somewhere in the hundred twenty three percent, hundred twenty five percent debt to yeah. GDP for no, the federal about, government. That's about right. Something like that. That's astronomically high. I think high. we're about almost
1: 24 trillion now. Uh, 24, 24 25. It might even be more than that. Because of, of all the COVID.
0: Maybe I should go to uh, the debt clock and I'll give you a more. Yeah, I might be off about that.
3: There's nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. Oh, no joke. Once these things get installed, they don't go They're away. Done. They're done. And you've set precedent. And, and again, this isn't like a one off event. What happens next time? And, and like, it, no one can answer that part.
1: And there will be a next time. Totally. No, it won't. Maybe not won't be COVID or it won't be a a, a housing market bubble. We don't know. That's that's but the whole why point. Won't,
3: you know, a lot of people are hypothesizing that this will happen all over again in the fall. Right. Because we probably won't have a vaccine or anything ready for this by then. So what? We're we just going to shut down the state or the country for months at a time all year long? I, the, the problem is, we're not doing anything right now that's actually a sustainable deal, right? No. It's kind of like no. when the submarine's going down, you spring a leak and you're trying to like put your hand over it or a piece of bubble gum. Like it's just going to pop out somewhere else because right. you didn't really fix the pipe. Right. Right. And we don't really have a plan for any of this. And everyone's like, well, Trump decreased the pandemic response.
1: Shut up. Like, actually, if you probably asked like a lot of these people at their core, they would say that the solution to the plan starts in November with getting Trump out. Because, and, and to go with what you were just saying, my guess is that's what a lot of them would say, because once that happens, and if we can get the Congress back, oh, bail out floodgates, whatever,
0: whenever, here's checks. I just I just looked it up, the um, U.S. usdebtclock.org. De- yeah. uh, we're at $25.7 trillion in debt. Our debt to GDP ratio is 138. Oh, higher than you thought higher than I thought. I was probably going off something from before COVID. Sure. I mean, it's, at, at what point, John, you would probably have a better idea. <laughs> Is the debt to GDP really bad? I mean, what happened to Greece? No. Well, well I'll tell you, I'll tell you this
1: much. Our bonds. So if, if that sort of thing happens, our bonds won't, they'll be, they'll be demanded to yield a little higher than two, three percent.
0: And we can't pay that, right?
3: Yeah, <laughs> but you don't pay it, I, and that's. I think people look at the federal, look at the federal government books, and they try to, they try to use their own personal finances, right? Like you don't pay that debt. The debt it's gets a, moved around. It's based off a fraction of your GDP,
1: and it's a perp, There's a, perp, a perpetual element to the Fed that, right. Person. Like my
3: understanding is, we can borrow up to fifty trillion and I mean, still be I, within our like eighty, ninety percent ratio or whatever where we need to be. At least that's what was out in like March, right? But it's a whole different kind of financing than. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to understand all the nuances to it, but it's not like when you get a loan out from B of A personally and you can't get okay. it
1: back. So much of it, right? But 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 so much of it. What's critical in this, and it's just like it's the same as they use metrics and measurements, and then. Moody's and S&P rates bonds etc but at the end of the day what it's all based on is and that's why the phrasing of the full faith and credit of the United States the faith part yeah. right that's what's so critical in this equation is 25 it's a, it's trillion a fiat currency that's no. right yeah. that's right so it's 25 trillion 30 trillion the the real question is at what point do people lose faith that the US government has a way to pay them that 3% Beyond what they lent them. And once that faith is gone, I don't, you know, ratios and stuff don't matter anymore at some point. No one had faith in Greece. Greece, And that's why they had to get their bonds up, I forget the exact interest rates, but like 10, 15, whatever percent before people were willing to say, okay, I still don't believe, but I'll take 10% for a little bit at
0: least, maybe. I know that in Europe, they want to create. Corona bonds, oh yeah, Uh, fifty-year, well,
3: hundred-year. Well, the
0: the real issue is because it's it's going to be passing
3: that on to like your kids and stuff.
0: Well, the real issue corona bond
3: I bought when you're a little kid.
0: The real issue is that it's it's done by the European Union, and they don't they don't do debt debt because they're they're a confederation and, and such. So Germany doesn't issue bonds with Greek. Right know, treasury attached right. to it because they don't want to. <laughs> they formed it
1: was a crazy deal when they formed their Euro. Yeah. They unified a currency, but they did not unify debt. They did not so each country has still their own but well,
0: they all have to deal with debt. On so now we're issuing bonds. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that applies to all of them. It's right.
1: It's a
3: crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, what you saw for the first time was a test of the EU's borders where individual Countries were shutting down to other... E- there was no free
0: movement among the EU.
1: It all works until it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Poor Poland. They keep getting being the scapegoat over there.
1: Want to shoehorn voting in?
3: I think we, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, we got time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we should.
1: I think we should. Okay. Voting by mail. No problems. Uh, uh, no problems at all. We're done with the segment, right? The thing's going to go smoothly. No <laughs> fraud. I don't know what there is to talk about, guys.
0: All right. From Politico the Republican Party has thrown its full weight behind challenging California's move to a mail ballot November election during the coronavirus pandemic. A lawsuit from the Republican National Committee, the National Republican Congressional Committee, and the California Republican Party seeks to invalidate Governor Gavin Newsom's order that uh, country election officials mail every registered California voter a ballot, while Newsom and California election overseers have said the switch is necessary to balance public health with civic participation. Opponents argue that Newsom has overstepped his authority. The lawsuit argues that Newsom exceeded the limits of, of the powers by not seeking the consent of the state's legislature, accusing him of a brazen power grab that was not authorized by the state and triggering, uh, transgressing the constitution. So in that sense, in saying that, you are a fascist, Mr. Newsom, and you do not have the authority to point us one direction or another just for your own whims. They're correct. He cannot do that. In fact, I argue the fact that the state senators and the assembly can do it themselves either, that this would have to come to a vote of the people.
3: This is my favorite part because it's pandering and it gets away from what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. We're on legal ground," Newsom said, arguing that public health is a nonpartisan issue.
1: Public health—he's tying this into a public health issue—and I think that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Is
3: it's kind of like they're really starting to
0: stretch everything into public health,
3: and you could probably shoehorn any topic in the world,
1: any topic into public
0: health,
3: any topic—that's the power grab. Did I ever get my prescription for a house?
1: Right, it's not good enough for public health. Oh so no, but, it the, but 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 it was the same tactic as global warming, right? Right. Whatever you do, whatever you say, however something happens, there's a thread back to global warming. Uh, I had a, a story
3: here to piggyback on that, just to show what can happen with mail-in ballots. I know that fraud doesn't exist. It does not it exist. Does
0: not. We are not saying that fraud exists. But here's an example.
3: The most important part of the entire country is voting and it's the one place in the entire country where there's no fraud got it right right i mean that's what we're supposed no, to No, that's I've been told uh so this was from real clear politics between 2012 and 2018 28.3 million mail-in ballots remain unaccounted for according to data from the federal election assistance commission the missing ballots amount to nearly 1 in 5 of all absentee ballots and ballots mailed to voters residing in states that do elections exclusively by mail. Here's the interesting part though. The figure of 28 million missing ballots is likely even higher because some areas in the country, notably Chicago, did not respond to the federal agency survey questions.
1: Huh. Now if there's one city in the nation that it, that'd it, be curious if they didn't respond.
3: Now even more curious the twenty-eight million ballots that are missing—that doesn't include ballots that were spoiled, undeliverable, or came back for any reason. So that wow. is just missing ballots. That doesn't even—that's not inflated with spoilation or return to senders. They're just gone. Um, the same election cycle, California legalized ballot harvesting, which is interesting. And observers say the practice played a key role in ousting several Republican congressmen in Orange County in 2018, which was a long-standing GOP stronghold. So for people that don't know what ballot harvesting is, you know, uh, if you've ever mailed in your ballot, you can allow somebody else to deliver it for you or pick it up. And they have to sign it as well. Right. And
0: usually that's the case where because you're physically unable to do so, you're bedridden, for example. Right.
3: And so... Um, typically a lot of states have it where it's got to be a family member or someone who lives with you. Like maybe you're an invalid and so your caretaker can do that for you. California said anyone can do it, even paid people, the sole job of just being paid to be a ballot harvester, can go door to door and collect ballots and bring them in.
0: Without getting into Democrat or Republican or ideology. But we'll, well, we all know but in we our all. heads which where it's going. But if there's... A candidate who's got a lot of money and a candidate who does not have a lot of money, the candidate who can afford the most ballot harvesters will seem to come out very well in that said election. So help me understand then. Let's
1: take like a very simple how the ruse plays out. Okay. Okay. With
0: ballot harvesting. Help me one of the biggest problems that any politician faces in an election Getting is people out. Getting people out to vote. Okay. The DOTV, okay? Understood. Um, when you are doing your canvassing, okay. you have uh, PDI, uh, which is your software, which uh, kind of okay. maps out everybody who's uh, in the precinct. and it, You're
1: trying to get them the info, get them out to it vote. It
0: tells you how often they have voted in the last five elections. Okay. Five being the best and one being or zero being they don't they don't vote. Okay. Um, there could be a reason why they don't vote. Maybe they're still on the rolls, oh yeah, and they haven't changed it, which happens quite a bit. And then maybe I don't know. They only vote during the uh, presidential sure. elections or something like okay. that. Okay. Uh, more importantly, now you have a candidate who can focus on the ones and zeros. Okay. The people who don't normally vote but do have registration. Okay, and you can go grab their vote, as it were. Now help me understand what logistically what are they doing there? They well get in your car, okay. Go to the precinct, okay. Go to their home, find out who, these people who they are, okay, and make sure that they vote. Now these people are usually disconnected from the whole political system, yeah. And you show up all of a sudden and say, "I will help you fill out your ballot and give you suggestions." Oh boy! Because you brought their ballot to them. No, no, no. They have it. They have it at their home. They have it at their home. It was delivered to them. But all of a sudden, now you have people showing up and saying, I can tell you all about this candidate and this issue, and I can help you fill out your ballot and how you should vote. And I can turn it in for you.
1: Or The last part being now legal. Or you can go collect
3: ballots and not turn them in.
1: Right? (laughs) Right. Oh, right. If you didn't like how someone filled it out. If I'm just out,
3: walking through a neighborhood as a paid harvester, how is anybody going to know that I picked up 100 ballots and here's, dropped off 100 ballots?
0: And I'll give you the example here. You have the data from PDI, and it says— I know how they vote. It says this person's a Republican. Right. They vote five times in the last five elections, which means they're always on the issue. When those mail-in ballots drop, I'm going to go steal their ballot. Can you prove it? No, absolutely not. I'll give you statistical. Luckily, nuggets. that stuff never happens. I'll though, give you statistical no nuggets fraud. here. I'll give you statistical nuggets. So, uh, the top three reasons mail-in ballots were rejected. Oh, okay. Okay, for the nation, not arriving on time, not being signed, or because the signature does not could not be verified by the machine that counts it. Now, this study comes from the California Civic Engagement Project at the UC Davis Center for Regional Change, so a well-known Republican conservative uh, institution. Uh, Nearly half the ballots, 48%, were discarded because they arrived late in the last election cycle. Almost one quarter, 23%, were not counted because a signature did not match a signature on record, usually from the voter registration record to the, or from the Department of Motor Vehicles. And now this is the scary part, because if they're matching your signature from the squiggly electronic thing at the Department of Motor Vehicles, you know, with the electronic We all know pad, how we sign those. Mm-hmm. Then your vote will not count. Wow. Okay. That was 23%. Most... Most mail-in ballots get tossed. And if you're if you are if you're lucky enough and you're a big enough fan of going to your county clerk's office on election night and seeing how the process gets done and watching them open up ballots and stuff them into the machine to get counted, you can stand there and, and say, I question that one, pull it aside. I question that one, pull it aside. I question that one, I pull it aside. They do this all day long. And it's scary how often they can do this. How
3: many of you guys, when you have the electronic signature pad somewhere, just like throw,
1: it does not look like my it normal signature. Right? I'm and
3: imagine if when you were signing at the DMV, they said, "Hey, John, um, just keep in mind how you sign that will be used to validate your ballots." They don't see any of that. W- would you would you be a little bit more careful on how you signed
0: it? Right. I didn't know that. That's a crazy fact to me. And here's here's an even better one. As you get older. Your signature changes. Oh, totally. Because you get shakier.
3: Uh, Plain and simple. There is this. This is from 2016, but I think it highlights this whole deal. The Los Angeles County Register was investigating how 83 ballots were sent to a single address at a San Pedro apartment. The ballots were all addressed to a two bedroom apartment upstairs from um, the guy they interviewed, Mosna, belonging to an 89 year old woman. All of the names on the ballots were different, and Mosnone did not recognize the names of the ballot envelopes. Mosno and his wife took the ballots to the police and were told to bring them to the post office. So this guy basically, and they got pictures of it, you know, at an apartment complex where you have the bank of mailboxes, just two forty bundles of ballots, two bundles of 40 ballots were just left. What's to stop somebody from snatching said ballots and just casting them, right? I mean, yeah. the signature verification, okay. Okay, yeah. But on top of that, you just ended up with 80 ballots that you can do whatever you want with. Or you
0: can invalidate them. And the, the, the crux of it is that in, in most areas, if not all of them, the county clerk or registrar or wherever you want, they don't have to tell you that your vote hasn't been received yet. So maybe you did send it in and you have no idea if they received it or not. You would like to know if you could try to follow up, mm-hmm. but most people don't follow up. They want to know if they haven't been received. Now I'll give you even more statistical nuggets. This one from uh, heritage.org. Mm-hmm. And because there's no such thing as fraud, <clears throat> there have been 1285 proven instances of voter fraud that have been that they have been categorizing here. Of those, 1,110 con- uh, criminal convictions as a, as it goes to fraud for voting and only 48 civil penalties. So when if Louis goes to the voting booth and he goes, oh, you know what? I was registered to get my mail-in ballot. I never got it and I want to vote here in person and then they say, oh, we've already received it. Too bad, Charlie. Sorry, too
3: bad. Right, because that's the one that takes precedent. Or, worst case, you vote provisionally, you get the pink ballot, and mm-hmm. then they don't even tell you, and it just is invalidated behind yeah. your back.
0: Here's, here's the even scarier part um, when it comes to mail-in balloting, is that it's no longer a secret ballot. Mm-hmm. In the context that you stuff your ballot into an envelope that has your name on it, it says... John on there. It says Louie on there. If someone were to open it up and go, hmm, I wonder how you voted. It's no longer a secret ballot.
3: Judicial Watch um, filed a lawsuit against L.A. County. Those Those guys guys are are awesome. 2016. Uh, L.A. County started the process of removing from its registration rolls after the lawsuit an estimated 1.5 million inactive voters who have either moved, died, or become ineligible to cast a ballot. It's the first time, it was the first time in 20 years that L.A. County has cleaned up its voter rolls. Um, there were an estimated 5 million inactive registrations in the state as of November 16th in California. The entire state of California had a registration rate of 101% of eligible citizens. I mean, if that doesn't scream to you how... um, Corrupt. How? Yeah, I mean... Months after the election, an extensive investigation by LA Times found that the new system was plagued by glitches responsible for upwards of 100,000 inaccurate voter registration records, including wrong party preference, voters incorrectly being designated as wanting to vote by mail, and at least 1,500 non-citizens wrongly allowed to register to vote. That was from the Motor Voter Act. The system also suffered from a serious cyber attack during the middle of its botched 2018 rollout by what appeared to be hackers in Croatia. Alex Padilla's office did not disclose the hack until media reports exposed it earlier in that year, and uh, they didn't issue any kind of statement on it. Right? So this stuff goes on. Anyone that says there's no fraud is a liar. Yeah. Willfully ignorant. Willfully ignorant. And... People will point to, well, you you know, you never see any stories about it. It's because it's suppressed or it's not actively pursued. Right, like the state's not looking for voter fraud because it benefits them. Right, (laughs) it's just like testing. We're not testing enough people to get real numbers. We're not actually doing enough
0: investigations to get real arrests. Well, here's the fun in the scenario. I said Louis goes to the the ballot box and he goes, "Oh, I didn't vote, but you said I voted already." They're not going to pursue it. They're not. No they're way. not going to pursue it. They go like, "Oh, that's a shame." Yeah, no. Happens way. all the time. Sorry about that, buddy. Good luck to you next year. But they're not going to pursue it. They're not going to get they thirteen care. detectives working two night. You know, every shifts all the time going. All right, we're going to find out who took Louis' right. vote away. Because it's impossible in most cases to even figure it out. Exactly. That's exactly the case. And you and you do that a couple million times. Well. On
3: on top of that, uh, Hillary had 2.5 million more popular votes than Trump, and we've estimated that millions of these ballots just disappear. There's enough there to sway an election. Either way, right? Either way, exactly. But there is enough there to make a difference, and losing a million ballots, let alone 25 million ballots, is unacceptable. (laughs) That's
0: crazy. Oh, man. If case you wondering, just maybe you should re register again, get your signature on file again. What could it hurt? Give it a try. Interesting. I, I would yeah. say
3: if, if vote by mail becomes the mandatory in California, especially if you're a conservative or Republican, go re register now, get a new signature on there, mm. and drop off your ballot. Yeah, or or at least take it to the mailbox yourself. Yes, don't ever give your ballot to anybody else no. unless it's a trusted family member or something. But if someone comes to your door offering to drop your ballot off, oh. tell them to take a hike. That's a joke.
1: Like who? <laughs> Look, Even actually, it would really pique my curiosity. I'd want to talk. I'd I'd
0: want to talk to him. I'd never give him my ballot, but I'd want to. If if someone crazy. said some banana republic somewhere, I don't know anywhere said, oh, yeah, we have public officials who come around and pick up people's ballots. People would scream to the to, to the heavens and say, oh, look, voter fraud. But no, here in California, totally legitimate. It's okay. No problem. Jeez. No problem.
3: And people know how you're registered in California. I mean, that's how you go door-to-door walking districts for people because there's lists that say R or D or independent or undeclared. That's right. So it's very easy to know which house to throw the ballots away at. You know? That's well, another great episode thanks for depressing us bobby <laughs> well i try my
0: best you know you know there's a lot of people out there who are trying to burn it burn it all down and uh, i am one of them <laughs> but uh hopefully everybody stays safe i was watching that video of uh of the space shuttle launch and all was well wow all was well That's cool even the uh the booster came down and landed on the platform, which is great. It is cool.
3: SpaceX is going to be flying people to the space station now for NASA. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. Uh, and we're trying to run Elon out of California. So maybe that'll be the next
1: episode. <laughs> I, th- I think some uh, p- politicians had some choice words for him yes. on Twitter.
3: Yes. Our, our favorite politician. Oh,
0: Miss Lorena. <laughs> <laughs> Lorena Hansy.
3: Yeah. Uh, thanks not for Lena, listening.
0: Not Lena. <laughs> Lorena. Tell a friend
3: or multiple friends Uh, If you're conservative in the state, we're basically your only thing in the podcast world that concentrates heavily on California politics. From your direction, download us on Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, our website, CaliStreaming.com, cali com, And we always get some new listeners. And so if you're brand new, Bobby has a message to send you off with on top of wearing your mask and keeping six feet of social
1: distancing. Help us burn it all down.